Hey D, hey Lance. When you're jacking off the porn, is it gay to yawn during the cum shot? Bye. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. Uh, people, regrettably, uh, Lance Wackerly is not here on the show this week. Um, he chose to sit this one out. Uh, I think that's how he put it in, the, in his email. Um, he also quoted, you can handle this one yourself. That's, a, that's another quote from the email he sent me. You know, I, I fully respect his decision. I, I think there might be, I have in my mind a, a couple reasons why I think he chose to uh, opt out this week and uh, sit the show out. Uh, the first reason, which is probably the most likely reason, is uh, if you don't know this by now, Wackerly's a bit lazy. And uh, if he gets a chance to skip a week of pond crafting, he sure as hell will take it. So th- this means since he gets a week off, he gets an extra like three hours to play Minecraft while masturbating to uh, Deep Space Nine repeats, which is in fact probably what he's doing right now. Um, my my second reason, and this is purely my own speculation, and. Uh, you know, oftentimes I, I took a couple psychology courses in uh, college and, uh, you know, I can see between the lines of certain responses from friends, especially somebody you've known for a long time. I think Wackerly skipped the show this week because of the the subject matter of this week's show, episode 297 here, brings up a deeply personal and painful issue for him that he's never fully dealt with. I think there are, these are repressed memories that he never flushed out and fully came to terms with. Um, I know he's, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me for even talking about this or bringing, bringing this up at all. But in college, Wackerly had a fish. I know this because I, I, I was a roommate. With, I was one of his roommates for a couple of years. And uh, you know, we were all pretty close. We all had good friends. But we all thought this, this, his whole relationship with his fish was a bit odd. A bit weird. It was one of those Chinese fighting fish, you know, the 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 ones, the red ones. I think they're called betas. Anyway, um, he named it Quincy Jones. So Lance and Quincy were close. I, I would say, in my professional opinion, that they're probably as close as a man and a fish can get. He would bring the fish to class with him in this like portable fishbowl necklace thing that he had he had made out of piano wire and a Ziploc freezer bag and duct tape. I don't even know. But it, even worse, he would sleep with that thing. He wore that thing while he would sleep. It was, it was odd. But you know what? I mean, lots of people do odd things, have odd habits. So I don't think anyone, any of us ever really, you know, thought he was any weirder than he normally is. Uh, to, to make a long story short, we had a party one night, I think it was around Halloween, and he had passed out. And someone, and I don't know if it was someone who lived in the house or if it was a guest, 
had removed the fish necklace, puked in it, and then put it back on him. So the next morning he awoke and discovered that Quincy had died and he really freaked out. I mean, he was really upset. And so even even though he won't admit this, I still think to this day he thinks I did it. I think he thinks I'm the one who killed Quincy. I did not kill Quincy Jones, Wackerly. I've, I've said this. I've said this many times. And, and the fact of the matter is, it's totally unfair that you would accuse me because we lived in a house with eight dudes and one chick who was more or less a dude without a penis. But personally, I think it was the chick that did it because she would drink a lot. And I, she would drink a lot. And I think she had some resentment towards his connection with the fish and lack of connection with her. I don't know. But it, I mean, but the fact of the matter and the fact of the matter is it could have been any of the Cretans that lived in that house and myself included. But uh, but but note this, though, he had never, ever owned a fish again after that incident. So I, I think, you know, he has some issues that he never fully came to terms with. So regardless, he's not he chose not to be on the show this week. And I fully respect his decision. He'll be back next week. But anyway, I have a great show planned for episode 297 here at Sick and Wrong. Just a few minutes, we'll be talking to the guest of the show, um, uh, Mr. Malcolm J. Brenner. He's the author of the memoir, Wet Goddess, uh, which chronicles the nine-month sexual relationship uh, that, the, that Malcolm had with a dolphin in the uh, 1970s. But before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsor, Audible.com. Uh, People, as you know, Audible is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming. Uh, Content from Audible is downloaded and played back on personal computers, CDs, or iPod players. Uh, There's like a thousand science and tech titles, 1,100 science fiction and fantasy titles, and more being added all the time. So go get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle. And get your free audiobook today. Hello. Hi, Malcolm. Yes. Hey, this is D. Simon calling from Sick and Wrong. How's it going? Hi, D. And that sounds so strange. <laughs> Was it have a did, does the connection sound strange? No, calling from sick and wrong. No, oh, calling from sick and wrong. Yeah, I can imagine yes. that. So, um, so Malcolm, your yes. book was written about a little a little over a year ago. Why is it suddenly now getting all this attention? Um, I don't know. It had nothing to do with me. Um, a guy named David Farrier down in New Zealand uh, had asked me over a year ago uh, for an interview. So he sent me a list of questions, and I set up a camera, and I sat in front of the camera and answered the questions as a friend asked them. And he got the uh, DVD. He couldn't get it to work at first. And when he finally got it to work, he didn't know what to do with it. So he let it sit around for like a year, and then he released it last week, and it went viral. Wow, and so now all of a sudden, yeah, I mean, I saw it. I think I, I first came across it on Gawker, which uh, yeah. probably pulled it from FARC.com or one of those sites. Um, did you initially self-publish the book and then now have to order more copies? Yeah, I'm into my fourth printing. Wow. 
Okay, so I guess yeah. a lot of people, uh, it's, it's garnered a lot of attention then. Uh, it, has, it has garnered more attention in the past week, I think, than it did in the previous year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, sales, sales have gone through the roof. And uh, I can tell you that I am, um, I've, I've received interest from a major New York City publishing house. Well, you know, it's, there's, see, there's something to be said for the Internet. It can actually do good sometimes. It's amazing. It's amazing um, what it did this time. Uh, and I can't, I have no explanation for it. Nothing, nothing I had to do with it. My, my promotional and advertising efforts were over a year ago. So your book, Wet Goddess, details uh, your nine-month relationship that you had with a dolphin named Ruby. And this was back in the 70s. Right. Well, Ruby is the name of the dolphin I'm using in the book. In the book, all the names of the places and the characters have been changed to protect the innocent. Okay. Yeah. So I take it that your relationship with Ruby didn't actually occur in the wild. Where where did you meet Ruby? I met Ruby in a small uh, amusement park south of Sarasota, Florida, a little town called Nokomis. Did you work uh, there? Excuse me? Were you, like, employed there? No, no. Um, I was a student at New College of Florida up in Sarasota at the time. Mm-hmm. And a, a woman who was a writer who wanted to write a book about the, uh, who had written a book, in fact, about the uh, dolphins in this park, wanted to write another one. And she wasn't happy with the photographs in her first book, so she asked me to uh, take photographs for her next book. And I was delighted. You know, I could see uh, visions of National Geographic and stuff like this. Uh, so I agreed to do that, and as part of that, I got uh, introduced to the head trainer at the park and all the staff, and mm-hmm. uh, got to go down there pretty much on my own and uh, interact with the dolphins pretty much as I what I wanted as I wanted. Oh, okay, so you could, you had free range; you could go in there any time and and photograph the dolphins for this book. Yeah, this was before the Marine Mammal Protection Act went into effect. Uh, and dolphins were a much less expensive commodity back then. They were much easier to acquire. So how many, I mean, so was, was this, was Ruby just in a tank on her own? Or, I mean, would you, could you actually go in the water with the dolphin? Or Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ruby was a very special dolphin. Uh, she was a dolphin. She was the only dolphin outside the U.S. military, in fact, at that time, that went out and performed in open water. She went out alongside a riverboat. There was an extra atta- attraction at the Dolphin. But so this was... place wasn't like SeaWorld? No, no. It was really kind of a rinky-dink um, place by today's standards. But back then it seemed like a big deal. This was before, before Disney had even opened in Florida. This was some of the last vestiges of what they call old Florida. Okay. And um, so Ruby uh, was allowed to go out with this boat, and she swam alongside the boat and le- leaped for fish from her trainer's hand. Uh, and I was very impressed with her athletic ability, but I was also more impressed with the fact that she came back every time. And I found myself wondering, why doesn't she just swim off? What compels her to come back? Well, I mean, now, how long had she been in captivity? She'd been in captivity several years at that point. So what, how did, I guess, uh, how did the relationship begin with Ruby? How did your sexual relationship begin with Ruby? Well, the relationship, I mean, everybody is concentrating or is making a lot of noise about the sexual aspect of the relationship, and I suppose that's to be expected, but actually the relationship went on on many levels. There was a sexual relationship, there was an emotional relationship, 
there was what seemed at the time like a psychic relationship, uh, telepathic communication. So you connected with uh, Ruby? I really connected with this dolphin, yeah. Somehow. But, but I mean, I, I'm just wondering how it all happened. How it got started. Okay, yeah. it got started the first time I went into the water with the dolphin. It was a rather cold afternoon, and I was just wading in, like, up to my knees in very shallow water. And mm -hmm. the dolphin uh, was basically lying there. And uh, I started scratching her head, and she swam slowly forward. And as she swam forward, she also twisted so that I ended up rubbing her belly, and then I ended up rubbing her erogenous zones, shall we say. Okay. I don't I mean, know. Is this a podcast, by the way, or is this going out? Oh, this is a podcast. You can swear. You can say whatever you want. Oh, okay. It's completely uncensored. All right. So the dolphin, is that like an affectionate way dolphins act towards everyone, like towards their trainer? Or is this a purely like sexual maneuver, like this flipping over and exposing its dolphin vagina? Right. Um, it's, uh, it's, no, it's not something they do with everyone, obviously. That would be considered undesirable behavior. But then again, according to SeaWorld, when a killer whale kills its trainer, that's undesirable behavior. Yeah, yeah, that's perfectly normal. Well, yeah. According well, to SeaWorld. Yeah, sure, it happens all the time. <laughs> uh, no, this was, this was, this was unusual behavior for the dolphin. And I was kind of embarrassed by it, uh, myself. I did not... I didn't. I was. I went down there with pure and innocent motives. I went down there to photograph a book about dolphins, and of course, everybody who gets around dolphins wants to swim with them. I mean, there's nothing unique about me in that respect. Uh, at any rate, when I would get in the water with the dolphin, she would um, rub herself against me, uh, rub her, her her labia against me. Um, and uh, it was frankly hard to make her stop. Uh, I found her a fascinating creature because she did many other things that sort of engaged me intellectually. Uh, there was one point where she played a very sophisticated language game with me where I had started out um, trying to get her to imitate me, and she ended up turning the tables and getting me to imitate her. So what, are you saying you would imitate the dolphin like kind of sound that they make? Yeah, yeah. I was trying to get her to imitate me, after all. I decided it was only fair play if I went along with her. And uh, Well, they make kind of a chirp, right? Is it a, sort of a chirping they sound? They can make a much wider variety of sounds than we can. They can click, they can whistle, they can make chirps. They can, um, they can produce a whole, whole range of sounds. They actually have three sonic emitters. Their blowhole has two sides that they can control independently. Mm -hmm. and they have a third sonic emitter that mainly makes the clicks, the, ultra the ultrasonic clicks that they make that they use for their echolocation. Okay, so, so there you were in the pool with the dolphin. It's chirping. Right. You're chirping back. It's uh -huh. exposing its, or rubbing its labia. I, I didn't actually even know dolphin had labia, but it's doing that. And so is this what led to the, uh, like the intercourse? Well, it took a long time for the relationship to develop because I was very resistant to her advances at first. Um, I'll tell you another story. Uh, I had been in, the, in with the dolphin once or twice at this point, mm -hmm. and uh, she really hadn't gotten too uh, aggressive with me. So I met a young woman, a uh, high school girl, a senior in high school, that I really liked. And I was trying to make some progress with her, so I thought, I'll invite her down to the dolphin show, you know, and let her go swimming with the dolphin. Yeah, that would definitely impress a lady. 
that would definitely impress a lady. Except that when the girl got in the pool with Ruby, Ruby instantly figured out what the connection between me and the girl was, swam over to her, looked deep into her eyes, and smacked her upside the head with her snout. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea a, a dolphin could feel jealousy. No, neither did I up until that point. Uh, so I threw myself into the pool, grabbed the dolphin, dragged it off the girl who was, you know, shaking with fear. But, Did Ruby uh, do this to other female trainers? No, there were no. Well, there was, I guess, one other female. No, she didn't. She didn't behave that way around other people. She, the, the reason why they would let people go swimming with Ruby was because she was supposed to be the gentlest dolphin there. Most of the other dolphins there were males, and they were much more rambunctious. Uh, but around around me, Ruby b- behaved very differently. And the interesting thing was that as our relationship went along, she kept experimenting. She kept pushing my limits and finding out what she could and couldn't and couldn't do. And the next time I'd come down, I'd be subject to a slightly different behavior. So are um, you saying she'd become more and more forward? Yeah, she did, and she also became more and more aggressive up to a point where we almost like had a, a knockdown drag out in the pool. Where did she try to that, like pull you into the pool? She actually, at one point, she was trying to masturbate on me, and I wouldn't let her. I like rolled up into a ball so that I really didn't have any exposed surfaces. And she pushed me down to the bottom of the pool, which was about 12 feet deep, and uh, held me down there for a few seconds before letting me go. But that was a very, very frightening experience. You know, I've had a similar experience in a hot tub one time. <laughs> Blonde or brunette? Uh, yeah, she was brunette, uh, big girl, really big girl. There's a lot of tequila involved. I don't want to go there. Yeah, okay. Well, there was no tequila involved in this, let me assure you. So, um, Well, you know, people, people might ask themselves, why did this guy keep going back. This was the way he was being treated. The fact was there was something about the dolphin that I found very challenging and also at the same time entrancing. Uh, they, are, they are large, phenomenally powerful, phenomenally intelligent animals. And uh, they have their own sort of uh, magnetism about them. Well, it also seems like you've established an emotional connection at this point. Yeah, you could say that. You could say that. So What, hap- what happened after that point was that she began to get more gentle. And that was when she developed the behavior of rubbing her teeth very lightly along my arms and legs. Now, is that a common uh, you know, uh, method of mating? Is that what, what, what dolphins do when they mate? Uh, no, they don't normally do that. Uh, they, they will sometimes rake each other very lightly with their teeth, yeah. Uh, but... Um, all I can tell you is that uh, regardless of, I'm, I'm pretty sure her intentions were erotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly felt that way to me. So you thought this was like kind of like a dolphin foreplay? Dolphin courtship. It was definitely dolphin courtship. Dolphin, between dolphins, dolphin courtship can get real violent. They will butt heads. They will, you know, smack each other around. Um, and then they'll mate. And... Uh, uh, to a certain extent, she was doing that to me, but when she saw that that wasn't working with me, she modified her behavior, and she became very gentle and very much more um, erotic instead hmm. of forceful. So then when did you, did you actually have sexual intercourse with Ruby? Yeah, 
Um, I, I tried once and was unsuccessful. I tried relatively early in our relationship. I mean, and, how would uh, that happen, though? I mean, they, 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 I, I couldn't imagine the genitalia actually, like, working, you know, like the equipment fitting well, together there. The female dolphin is a mammal, and she has all the same equipment that female humans do with a few adaptations for waterproofing, shall we say. Uh, and um, externally, they are, they are fairly similar. Uh, they have a clitoris, for instance, mm-hmm. and uh, they're very sensitive. And uh, the way it worked was we had to figure out a way to make it work because when dolphins mate, the male dolphin swims under the female and rolls over, so he's belly up. So, oh, okay. So the the, the male dolphin's on his back and the female dolphin's right. on top. Right, right. And believe it or not, she's the one who's doing the thrusting. Oh, she's wow. the one who's they're they're swimming while they're mating, uh, most of the time, and she's the one who's in control of the situation. Uh. So this was very challenging <laughs> for a human. Uh, and uh, we had to figure out a way to make it work uh, for both of us. Um, I imagine it must have required floaties or something like that? I mean, No, no, nothing like that. Okay. Um, uh, it, 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 she was basically horizontal in the water, swimming along like she normally would, and I was hanging on to her side. And uh, we made love like that. Well, wow, that's interesting. So I, I take it this was probably after the hour, after hours for the for the park was closed. The park was closed, and the park was also closing down. Uh, that was the only reason why I think I was able to uh, have this this encounter with her. Uh, yeah, the, but, park, well, the park was closing down, and basically, uh, I was in there when when nobody else was around. So over the I guess your relationship. I mean, did you have sex often, or did this only occur maybe once or twice? No, we only we only successfully made love once. Okay. Did, did try once earlier, but that didn't didn't come off. So I've seen the documentary um, Zoo. I don't know if you've uh, have you have you seen that documentary? Yes, the one about uh, the guy referred to as Mr. Hands. Yeah, and they had, yeah. I think he was he died while having sex with a horse. A lot of the interviewees in that movie uh, rationalize what happened, or or you know when they had sex with animals, by saying that the animals enjoy these sexual acts, so they don't consider it to be cruel. I mean, did did you see? Do you think the dolphin really enjoyed this encounter? She certainly worked hard enough to uh, obtain the conditions for it. When I went to the park that day, to uh, with with the idea of possibly consummating the relationship, she was in. She had been moved from her pen, her sea level pen, up into a pool. And she was in a, she, there were two dolphins left out of about 10 that had been in this park. And it was her and a male dolphin. Were they releasing the dolphins back into the wild? No, they were selling them. Oh, okay. That's worse. Uh, well, no, releasing dolphins back into the wild is really hard. You have to really condition them to get them back into shape because they've lost so much of their... Uh, they're out of shape from being in captivity, basically. Yeah. Anyway... Um, she had to escape from this pen that she, because the male dolphin challenged me. At first she wanted me to come in the water with her, and then I could see that the male dolphin was jealous too. He was jealous of me now and didn't want me in there. Well, perhaps Ruby had a relationship with this dolphin, and you were well, interfering sure she, with it? I'm sure she did, but, but she wanted me there. Uh, she escaped from that pen by squeezing through a very narrow slot between two boards where the male dolphin would not follow her. 
and went into a, a pen where we had some privacy. And that's where we ended up making love. So if she hadn't wanted to mate with me, she could have just stayed in the pen with the male dolphin and he would have kept me away. So was the male dolphin aware that there's lovemaking going on in the private pen? Uh, he couldn't not be aware because she was rather noisy. Oh, wait, so, so she was actually making noises during it? Yes. Like, uh, like, uh, like moans of pleasure or more like chirping, kind of screeching kind she, of thing? She sounded just like a woman groaning in pleasure. Wow, that's very interesting. I never would have... Uh... It is. So it is. how did your relationship ultimately end? Like, what, what ended up happening? Like, how does one break up with a dolphin? I mean, I, 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 you can't well, send a text message. No, you really can't. And uh, that was very frustrating to me. Um, she was being sold to an uh, oceanarium in Mississippi, and I had uh, decided to uh, leave New College for a year and go off to a, a new, brand new college in Evergreen State, uh, in Washington State, called the Evergreen State College. And uh, I, I saw no reason to put those plans on hold, unfortunately. Uh, what I didn't count on was that in... Uh, Mississippi, she would be separated from this other dolphin that she had kind of pair bonded with. Dolphins in the wild have a very loose society. They're constantly shifting shifting partners and stuff like that. But um, but where where were we? Yeah, well, we we're, were just talking about, about how you, breakup, the, breakup, you broke up right? with the dolphin. Um, I went out to Washington. She went to Mississippi. I went to Washington State. About June of the next year, I had this really intense nightmare. I mean, one of the—I don't know if you've ever had uh, a nightmare where you wake up and you feel like your heart has stopped and you can't breathe. Aren't those considered to be night terrors? Night terror, yeah. This was like a night terror, and the image that had inspired this night terror in me was of dolphins dying in a very peculiar environment. It looks sort of like a crypt or a basement or a cellar. And uh, there were glaring lights in the ceiling, and everything was dripping wet, and uh, the dolphins were in, like, coffins, and it was very bizarre. And, it uh, sounds awful. It was awful. What happened was, when I got back to Florida, I learned that uh, Ruby had died. And hmm. when I went to visit the Oceanarium, I found a really high degree of correspondence between the visual scene there and this... Uh, dream that I'd had. It was eerie. Are you saying that you had a vision of her death at this new oceanarium? Yeah, something like that. How, what, what ended up happening? How did she die? I mean, it almost sounds like she died of a broken heart. Well, her trainer, uh, when her trainer separated from her from this male dolphin, she uh, didn't take it well, and she started fasting and uh, refusing to eat. And he told me that one day he came out and found her just lying on the bottom of her pen. She was she was dead. Now, most people don't know this, but breathing in dolphins is voluntary. A dolphin has to think about every breath it takes. And it appears that she basically held her breath until she suffocated. And so, right. No, no, no cause of, there was no apparent cause of death. In other words, no illness, no internal trauma, you know, nothing like that. So I imagine, uh, you know, that must have uh, hit you pretty hard. Um, did you ever have a another relationship with another dolphin since that, that, that point? No. You know, I got so freaked out by that relationship that um, I decided that uh, I really I, I didn't want to be around captive dolphins 
because I didn't agree with the conditions of captivity. And I didn't have the scientific background or training to do uh, science with dolphins. So my interest in dolphins has been uh, pretty much academic ever since. I still, you know, I've been swimming with wild dolphins down in the Bahamas. I did that on a vacation. That was a wonderful, wonderful experience. When you say you were freaked out by this relationship, were you, were you freaked out because you had a, like a moral quandary? Like were you, did you at any time think you did something wrong? I didn't think I did something wrong, but I really wanted to be normal. So, I mean, did you like uh, look at yourself as a, as a zoophile? I mean, at that point? I don't think I knew what the word was, but yeah, I, I saw that um, I definitely had those tendencies. And uh, uh, I, like I said, I wanted to be normal. I'm much more accepting of myself now. And I should point out for your, for your listeners that I've, uh, since, since having this affair with the dolphin, I've had, I've had numerous women lovers, and I've been married twice, once for 12 years and once for six years. That, that was my next question. Like, uh, yeah. did you, you, did, you were able to have normal, relate, lasting relationships with uh, members of your own species. Yeah, yeah. I have a, a daughter by my uh, first marriage. She's uh, doing very well in the advertising industry. In fact, she designed the cover for my book. Oh, well, that, so that's interesting. That kind of uh, is another thing I wanted to bring up. Did you tell your human partners that you had a relationship with the, with the dolphin? No, I never tried to keep it secret from them because I was working on the book a lot of the time. And um, most, people, uh, most people who know me and um, who are around me for any length of time, um, even, if they, even if I don't tell them, they figure out that I have some kind of an attachment for dolphins. So I imagine that must have been a difficult, I guess, coming out experience. I, I know, um, I, I mean, what was the, what was the, the reaction? From who? Well, from uh, your, your, your female partner, or your, your ex-wife, your wife, your daughter? Um, actually, most of them were not too freaked out about it. They, uh, they took it as part of who I am, I guess. You know, I am, I am uh, loyal to my partners. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not one to fool around. And, uh, well, you have, it seems like you have a very understanding family there, uh, Malcolm. So, <laughs> so a couple of questions here. Watching, yep. Recently watching the GOP debates, uh, you hear a crowd booing a gay soldier, and there's even a, a candidate, a Republican candidate, who's compared homosexuality to bestiality. Do you think one day people will be, ever be able to accept zoophilia like as a normal sexual identity? Like, Do you think they'll be able to say, you know, you could say I'm a zoosexual, and people will say, oh, that's totally normal? Uh, when we get around to uh, LGBTZ, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, do you actually think that will, will eventually happen? Uh, I think it'll happen like this. I think that genetic engineering is going to replace piercing and tattoos in the future as ways for kids to differentiate themselves and for people to express their uh, originality. And I think we're going to start seeing human animal hybrids or people with, you know, genes from animals spliced into their structure. And at that point, it'll become kind of a moot point, you know. Uh, the only people around who are still genetically pure human will either be uh, cultists or very, very old-fashioned. Hmm. So in other words, you know, it won't be, uh, you know, like, what sign are you, but um, are you a, are you a, a cat girl like a or a cat-human hybrid or something? So people will be able to engineer the lover that they want, or do you think people will volunteer to be, become part cat? 
I think people will do it because they think it's cool. Well, I guess I could, I guess I could kind of see that. I imagine. So maybe, maybe yeah, one day, people, uh, if, you, if people you, who are furries now, you know, uh, just ask any of them, you know, uh, give them the chance uh, uh, to uh, become a species instead of just pretend to be one, and I'm sure they would leap at it. Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, a couple more questions here. Did Did you see the movie Dolphin Tale? I haven't seen it yet. No. I um, and it's charming. Okay, you don't have to answer this next question, but if you've seen the trailer, did you find like a movie, like that movie, arousing in any way? No, no. I had a relationship with a person who happened to be a dolphin. You know, I don't, I don't lust after every dolphin I see any more than a, a man lusts after every woman that he sees. Okay, so like watching, you know, a movie with a dolphin isn't a sexually moving experience for you. No. Okay. Do you plan to write another book about your relationship with Ruby or about relationship with animals in the future? Uh, no, I have no plans to do so, but there was some material that I wrote for the book that I couldn't include in it. And I think I may release that as an ebook if anybody wants to read it. Huh. So if uh, my last question here, if you're approached to make like Wet Goddess into, you know, like if someone approached you to make it into like a softcore porn movie, would you be opposed to selling the rights? For a softcore porn movie, it would depend on who the you know producer and director were. You know, if Mr. Spielberg wants it, I'll I'll certainly uh, lend him my ear. <laughs> would you Would you want a cameo? <laughs> yeah, I can play some weird character who's on the screen for five seconds. Some, some well, tourist, some tourist in the background, or something like that. You know. <laughs> Well, Malcolm, thanks for being on Sick and Wrong. Uh, you, you've been a great sport, and it's been fascinating hearing hearing from you. Uh, okay. your, your book is available on Amazon.com. It's five-star rated. Amazon, right, it's available on Amazon, uh, on eBay, and from Smashwords. Okay, well, we'll put a link up to it, uh, to the Amazon.com location, so people can link right from our website. Do you have a website or a blog I can promote? Yeah, the website is just very simply wetgoddess.net. Wetgoddess.net. Wetgoddess.net, and the blog is blog.wetgoddess.net. All right, well, I'll have to check it out. And uh, people, definitely go uh, buy yourself the memoir, Wet Goddess. Thanks, Malcolm. It's been nice talking to you. Thank you very much, D. Right. So long. Wow. Well, I don't know about you. But I think I've found the perfect Christmas gift for everyone this year. Nothing, nothing says like, nothing. There's no better way to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ than to give someone you love a book about dolphin fucking. That's that's. I think it's the post, the perfect gift. Everybody I know is going to get Wet Goddess for Christmas and uh, Hanukkah this year. I'm sure my brother will appreciate it. I can, you know that that, that 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 the story is kind of amazing. I'm I'm what amazes me about what uh about what what he just said was it amazes me how his family was so accepting of him. Like even his daughter designed the the cover of the book. I don't, I don't know if I could be you know that accepting. If if my father came to me and he said you know son, I'm having a sexual relationship with Benji, the family dog. I think I would have been like, you know, Dad, I, I love you unconditionally, but this is a very difficult condition. You know, I mean, uh, 
that's the thing. It'd be a very difficult condition to come to terms with, at least for me. Like, if he was, if he said he was a homosexual, I'd be like, that's cool. If he said he was a transsexual, I'd be like, you know, that's totally cool. But if he said he's like, you know, I'm having a relationship with a family dog, like a sexual relationship, I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be worse. He could say, son, I'm a Tea Party member. Yeah, that'd be a bit worse. I don't know. Well, we got uh, moving on here. We got a few phone calls to the sick wrong. Some is that gay phone calls coming up, and uh, we also have a special guest host for that. Before we get to is that gay, here's a word from our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Hey kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah. Then go to AdamandEve.com and make a purchase using coupon code Diddle. You'll get fifty percent off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping. And a gift so sensual, I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So we got a couple uh, Is That Gay phone calls and some emails. Um, People, you know the way Is That Gay works. Uh, If you're sexually confused, you can... Always call the Sick and Wrong hotline and ask us any question, and we will let you know if you're homosexual or not. Uh, 206-666-3846 is that number. And actually, I think we do kind of have a professional here. A special guest, Lenora Claire, is uh, on Sick and Wrong, and uh, she's going to help us or help me answer some questions here for the Is That Gay segment. What's up, Lenora? How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Well, thanks. I'm pretty good. Thanks for uh, being on Sick and Wrong. I know um, you have experience in the uh, gay lifestyle. So I think you would be a perfect, like a professional to go to, to whether or not to help these people out with some of these questions. Yeah, I always say that I'm the one straight girl that's managed to penetrate queer media. So I guess that doesn't uh, make me an expert. I was on staff at Frontiers for like four years, which is LA's biggest gay magazine. And I was on uh, QTV, which is a four logo. And I used to give gay men dating advice on Sirius Radio. So... Yeah, you yeah, definitely have some experience. Yeah, so but much more experience. So your opinion is definitely more valid than mine. But so, um, okay. Lenora, I gotta say, uh, last night you threw a crazy party at the pleasure Thank chest. You. That was insane. Uh, people, Lenora is uh, is is a Los Angeles icon, but uh, she's an author, performance artist, producer, um, party ever events planner, promoter. Um, and so last night you were promoting the 40th anniversary of the Pleasure Chest. Yeah, I was, uh, I, was, I was producing the event and hosting it. And for those people who aren't from L.A., um, the Pleasure Chest is sort of the erotic epicenter of Los Angeles. It started 40 years ago as a place that they sold, like, you know, kind of 70s, horny waterbeds, that kind of scene. And um, they started selling more lube and sex toys and sort of, sort of grew from there. And, and now it's sort of like an upscale sex shop where you could get, you know, pocket pussies, lube, bachelorette party items that celebrities go there. And like back in the day, Joan Jett bought a bondage belt for Sid Vicious. So there's, there's a lot of history in the place and it's, it's just a super cool, cool, you know, it's a very San Francisco word I'm going to use, but sex positive, you know, um, kind of environment. And they wanted someone to throw a sexy circus. So I, I was kind of the perfect person for that. And uh, we called yeah. it on Glory Hole. And we had we had live glory holes. I had monkeys, still walker, sword swallowers, and uh, dancing with the porn stars, and all kinds of madness. Yeah, what was the deal with that? There was like a 
was she was on like a platform or something, or you could just get up there and dance with her? I, I mean, I did see some yeah, porn we, chicks walking around. Yeah, Belladonna, Nina Hartley, April Flores, those are the ones that, that I mean, Nina's amazing. I actually just worked on a, a TV thing I had her come in for. Uh, but no, what we did is we got a 50-person limo bus, which is kind of like a nightclub on wheels. You know, it's like the stripper poles, leather couches, whatever. And then you can go on the bus and dance with the porn stars. It's just my thing um, for people who don't know me. Like, I really like to take pop culture stuff and sort of uh, turn it upside down. So instead and, of dancing like, with the t- stars, dancing with the porn stars. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So that's kind of you know parody. So it's kind of nice that you had. It's kind of nice that you had hot chicks like Belladonna on there, not Ron Jeremy. Because if I just got on the bus and it was just Ron (laughs) Jeremy, I'd be like, you know what? I don't know if I'm down with dancing with him. Maybe a little bit. Right, but there's you know there is such a, a vast uh, array of porn stars. But you know whatever your taste is, there's there was someone there for everyone. So they were. I gotta say that you know. There, there's very little that shocks me, especially after doing this show for a long time. And there's very little that shocks me. But I got to say, I was shocked by the events occurring in that glory hole. People, this, oh. this, this glory hole, you know, part of it is because uh, my girlfriend totally tricked me. And uh, like right when I got there, we're, I was in line to get a drink. And she's like, oh, my God, you got to go check out this glory hole. And so the, the glory hole is basically like the room. There's a wall with a bunch of holes you could peek through to see what was going on in the room that was inside. Yeah. And so she told me that there is a, you know, this huge fat chick masturbating with this crazy dildo. You got to go check it out. So I was like, all right, wow, that sounds interesting. I want to go see this big fat chick with a big dildo. That'd be cool. And I looked through the hole and there it was, this guy fisting another man's asshole and up to his elbow, practically. Yeah. I have never <laughs> witnessed that, like firsthand. Again, at being the the one straight girl that penetrates clearly, I actually have. I wrote an article years ago where I, I interviewed uh, famous sisters, and um, I think I was actually telling you last night. Um, famous I used to sisters. Write, yeah, I used to write for AVN Novelties under another name uh, because it's kind of pointless that I'm telling the world I do it now. But anyway, I used to, and so the editor used to think it was really funny to send me um, products like prostate massagers that you know I sort of prostate. And just like that. So I used to also review porn. I reviewed a lot of gay porn. And I was telling you the story last night about um, the one thing, again, I'm the same way. Like, I, you know, I'm, you think, like, oh, I'm kind of Jane and I've seen everything. But the one thing that shocked me was the, the pink sock porn, where for 30 minutes after the pink sock, the prolapsed rectum. Yeah, it would hang out. Yeah, they lubed their hands up and played with the damn thing like a slinky for is, 30 minutes. So. Uh, is that like a fetish? Is that like a genre of gay porn? Like, I'm on a pink sock video. Yeah, yeah, apparently it is. And I, I was sort of reviewing the Citizen Kane of um, oh, God, I, I, I would have a hard time. Like, you know, there, but there's a difference between watching it on, you know, on, on television or on the screen versus like, Actually, seeing it being done, like if you—I mean, if you saw—I yeah. mean, if you saw a pink sock in real life, I think I'd flip out. I don't know if I'd ever be the yeah. same. I don't know. Yeah. But it, but it was weird. I mean, these two guys are like sitting there fisting each other, and like the, I think the strangest thing for me—and it's not that I looked all that long—but uh, the strangest thing for me was that you could see their faces. Like, I mean, I was expecting to wear like you know like a Grover mask or something, you know, like an elf no, mask. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it's just so weird. It's just like, dude, the expression on this guy's face with this other man's fist up his ass—it was just weird. <laughs> it was very- yeah. 
what I found, I mean, I mean, granted, like, I, no judgment, but what I thought was amazing was how, like, relaxed, like, the dude, at least when I, I don't know what, what part you came into, but when I came in, it was like, yeah, the whole, so, okay, actually, I saw one porn where the dude had, you know, like, from his wrist, I guess, where your, where your arm bends, he had a tattoo of a ruler, so you could see how far he was going into fist, like, to measure with his forearm. <laughs> I mean, that, that guy wasn't it. But anyway, but so I've seen my fair share of uh, fisting porn. And what impressed me about the demonstration yesterday was the guy looked relaxed like he was in a bath or massage or, you know, whatever. You know, he just looked very, like, at ease, even though he had this. Yeah, like it was to, like as if he was watching the Golden Girls on TV or something, you know? He's totally. just like, he's just totally relaxed. Just, it's normal yeah. Sunday afternoon yeah. activity. <laughs> exactly. Very, very bizarre. And then afterwards, there were like, um, Two lesbians that were cutting each other, doing blood play. I mean, there's all sorts of things yeah. going on at this party. It's a, it's a very good time. I got that. And, and the best part about it, free alcohol. Oh, yeah. Um, Cougar Juice. I'm sure they'll, they'll love to sit in. Cougar Juice Vodka supplied the, uh, the vodka. They're really nice. People. you got to love that name. Yeah, Cougar, Cougar Juice. juice. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. So do you have a, do you have any other big events that are coming up, local or you know, national? I do. It's, I, kind of, I kind of wish we talked like two weeks ago because I had the most insane amount of stuff. On it. Like actually, I just did with Alan Amato this really incredible art show at, at Pop-Tart the Gallery. I'm the head curator. Um, it was called uh, Illuminate Parkinson's, and it had beautiful photos of Grant Morrison, Neil Gaiman, oh, wow. Kevin Smith, and... Uh, through the ball posted it, so I just did that. And then my club, Mr. Black, had our two year anniversary, which is like insane. Uh, so I party right now because I'm losing my voice kind of because it was so crazy last night. Right now, I'm focused on television projects and I have a couple things that are in various in development. Works. So I'm kind of working on that stuff. And I'm also going to be, I can't say who, uh, it's a very high-profile celebrity book. I'll be ghostwriting. So oh, cool. Kind of, um, yeah. Well, you always have a lot of cool things going on. So, um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. anyway, before you lose your voice, um, I need that voice to uh, for, for the is that gay questions here that, we're, that, oh, yeah. that we have. <laughs> so um, let me – so Lenore, the way is that gay works is that people call up and they just have some questions about something that they did, maybe something they regret, and they just want to know whether or not it's gay. Okay. And, uh, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, people are confused and, and, and you know, it's, I think we, we, we give them guidance here on the show and I think uh, you'd be perfect at it. So let me, let me play the theme music here. Here's the, here's the Ezekiel theme music. I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I think unicorns are kick-ass. Is that gay? I just watched my brother jerk off. Is that gay? I'm at the urinal and this guy's looking over the wall. Is that gay? I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing. But I think you've got a really nice ass. So there's the, uh, is that gay theme music? Awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, so the first question here is, uh, is from a guy who's concerned about his dog. So here it is. Okay. Hey, sick and wrong. I was out camping in the woods not too long ago, and a couple days in, I decided to go spank my monkey in the woods. Anyway, while I was doing so, my dog ran out behind me, and right then I blew my load. When I did so... The dog ran over and started licking up on the semen before I could stop him. Ever since then, that dog has seriously been freaking me out. Now, what's your opinion on what I need to do here? Because, I don't know, it's just plain creepy. See ya. Well, this is interesting. So this, I don't even know if this is a very, is that gay question almost? This is almost like... I, 
think what that dude should do is jerk off in a sock and put it in the laundry, and then he doesn't have to worry about it. Like, don't you want that like a pie? Like, what? I don't really. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just wondering, do you think, I think what he's wondering is, do, does he think his, like, I think he's wondering if his dog's gay now because his dog had licked his cum, had licked his semen. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, we all know in, in the animal kingdom, different species, sure, there's homosexuality in pretty much every species. So it's possible, but I think dogs are just, I mean, dogs eat poop. Dogs exactly. like barf, you know. My, my dog... Who actually she she's she's sort of she's got some weird treats. She likes to lift her leg when she pees and she's she's kind of a bush little thing. But she also like if I have my underwear on the floor, she'll try and, you know, lick it too. So your dog's so, a lesbian? Uh, yeah. Well, I, you know, <laughs> but she doesn't have her male and female underwear. I think she's just into She's just horny. and you know, she's just like that. So I I, I don't think that that's necessarily. I think that's just whatever. It's no different than a dog eating any other, you know. Exactly. I mean, dogs lick their own buttholes. So, I mean, it's yeah, a, that, exactly. that's what dogs do. So I, I think this dog licking his cum, it wasn't that big of a deal. Maybe, I mean, he, I think, is obviously, you know, I, I think he has more of an issue of it than the dog does. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal to the dog. You know, I don't know if a dog can really be, if you could say an animal is totally homosexual or heterosexual, I don't know if that really, I think an animal, like especially a dog, a, a male dog will probably fuck anything. You know, I mean, I've, yeah, I've seen a I dog fuck a couch. Is, the real question is, does he kiss his dog after? Yeah, that's the real question. Did you that's kiss the, the dog after? So I, I wouldn't yeah. worry about your dog being gay. I think you're okay there. Um, yeah. Let's see, the second call here is a little more uh, personal. Hey, what's up, fag cards? Uh, just go ahead That's and throw insulting. it out there. I'm not inebriated or high whatsoever, unlike most of your callers. But I have an is that gay question for you. So the other day, Stallone's one on you jizz, and uh, just found a random video. So I just started the wanking process. And near the end of the video, I was reaching my climax, and then I realized that the girl in the video had a sizable schlong. And... Uh, yeah, but by then it was too late and already came. So, uh, is it gay to get off to a tranny with, I don't know, nobody else in the house, but by the time I realized it was a tranny, it was too late. Uh, and if you say I'm gay, I'm going to go ahead and tell you ahead of time, fuck you. But whatever. Talk to you later. Bye. Dude, you are so gay. <laughs> I say so not gay. No, yeah, you know, you know I, I'm going to clarify my response here. But so, you know, what's interesting about this guy is he's jerking off to a porn and had no idea that that was a tranny. Okay. I mean, he must have been looking at it for longer than a, you know five minutes. I mean, and, and I've seen enough tranny porn, I've seen enough porn to know. Okay, well, that definitely is a very masculine-looking chick. Not necessarily. I have some friends who are totally passable. This could be like a Thai lady boy kind of situation where you can't tell. You know, there's there's some passable, the really passable trannies. So, but but I yeah, mean, it, yeah. I, I guess I mean I guess I could see that. I mean, maybe this is like a very yeah. Like some of those I've seen some of those Thai lady boys are kind of difficult to uh, to make out with yeah. whether they're, they're men or not. But I mean, it's just interesting that they did. Did she all of a sudden turn around and just reveal the schlong? Don't you? I mean, don't you, isn't that part of the allure of tranny porn? Is this the hot chick um, with a song? There's, I don't know, did you ever see that disinfo where Genesis Pure uh, talks at length about the subject? Did you ever see that? 
Refresh my memory. It, it sounds really familiar. Uh, Genesis Peorge okay. from Throbbing Gristle became a woman, right? Well, no. He was becoming his, his partner. Like, he got her boobs. They were trying to be the same person. That was like a kind of intersex sort of thing. That was different. But he's kind of an authority on the subject, on like the third sex, you know. Um, the thing with, with tranny porn, I kind of believe a lot of what they say they discuss in that uh, in that series is that we're in a culture where people, yourself included, um, have grown up with so much uh, access to pornography, so much masturbatory material that, you know, after a while you find yourself getting kinkier, you know, and so you need to push things and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gay. It's just, it's like another level of kink. It's like a third sex. I don't, I don't even see it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like this other thing. Yeah. Um, I think there's, Plenty of straight guys that, that I've had roommates who are trannies, and they pretty much exclusively date straight men. Yeah, no, so. I've, you know, it's yeah, it's interesting. I think I've I've known a few trannies that just they, they they weren't into other men. It wasn't like a homosexual attraction. Like they were actually into women. You know, it's yeah, weird. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's definitely kind of it is almost like a separate sex, like a whole third yeah, thing. But, totally. So, yeah. So I, I don't I don't think you can even. It's it's not it's yeah it's it's trans difference the whole other. But I think with this situation too is I just don't I don't think this guy I mean had this guy been watching gay porn like two men having sex and knowing that they're two men having sex I think that mm. I would say okay that's kind of gay that's definitely gay. Whereas this I mean he's watching you know obviously what he assumes is a woman but even if it wasn't I I don't think it's necessarily gay. Sexuality too is like it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray, and sometimes people use for like masturbation material. It doesn't necessarily mean that you actually like that's your real interest in life. You're just kind of like exploring. You know what I mean? Like I know plenty of girls who identify as straight. They're not even like heteroflexible or whatever, and like they'll watch girl on girl porn. You know, like that's and it doesn't if they've not like felt the desire to be with a woman. So. You know, what, whatever, like, excites you or stimulates you, it's, you know, it's... Whatever blows it's your exactly dress like up. What'd you say? Whatever blows your dress up. You know. Totally. So yeah. what if this guy was being fisted by said tranny? Um, I don't think <laughs> fisting is a homosexual. Fisting is, a, it's just, you know, like... Anyone can like fist. It. Yeah. Anyone can fist, yeah. So you're so liberating, Lenore. Okay, the, the third call actually kind of goes on, goes... Goes well with this, uh, you know, chicks watching uh, lesbian porn here. Here's a third one. And this is actually, you know, it's funny. I think this is kind of an older call that I've had for a while. I had this folder on my computer of all these is that gay calls. I just totally forgot about it. You know how, like, you kind of lose things in the shuffle? So I apologize. I would love that, to your computer sometime. Yeah. I would love to do you on there. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if anyone else should. I would be, I, I would be so embarrassed, like, if I, I died and, like, my brother and sister had to clean out all my shit or my girlfriend and they had to, like, you know, go through my computer, I think they'd be like, oh, my God, what the hell was I, he into? I can't even define I this. That happen. I actually, I'm not, a, a very close friend of mine passed away a couple of years ago and I, my, his ex-girlfriend and I were the ones who had to go through his computer and uh, delete all that stuff before handing it over to his family. So I'm, well, yeah. <laughs> You're a good friend. I, I have, I'm a good friend, exactly. No, it's important. You have to, like, I've actually thought about that. Like, who do I assign that role to? Like, please delete. Like, that's why now I don't actually even put porn on my computer. I just go to one, like, those places that stream. So something actually is downloaded. So my state <laughs> bank is totally in my head and mm-hmm. in the record and all good. Yeah, no hard evidence there. It's a good idea. Exactly. All right, here's the um, here's the third call. Hey, Dean Lance. Oh, fucking A. 
It pisses me off. I'm playing this off of an iPod. I'll cut this out. Don't worry. I mean, so I think we can all agree that... Hey. Hey, Dean Lance. This is Crusher from the forum, and I have a question for the gay. Um, is it gay that I think of a girl going down on me when my man is going down on me? I don't think about a girl... You know, any other time we're fucking or anything. Um, just when he's going downtown. Yeah. Is that gay? Let me know. Actually, I think it's kind of hot. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Lenore? I think that's actually. I think that. I think she's definitely vicarious, for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah. not. It's kind of. So she's not like definitely. You know, you're you're a full fledged lesbian now. You know, you got to shave your head no, no, no. and grow a goatee. Yeah, well, it's interesting because she says that she only thinks about another woman when he's going down on her, but when they're actually having, you know, regular sex, she's, you know, she's not thinking of a woman, which leads me to think is maybe he's just not that good at going down on her. No, 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 I I, I don't necessarily think that's it at all. I think it's like men, you know, when, whatever, obvious penetration, that's like a certain kind of sex, but like... Maybe she just wants a girl to go down on her. And that's not something like it's like a, a mask. Do you know what I mean? Like that there's no gender. So, I mean, girls can strap on, whatever. But do you know what I'm saying? Like if a guy's penetrating her, then you're not probably going to imagine a woman doing that because a woman probably wouldn't be doing that. So there's no commentary here on on his, uh, you know, muff diving skills. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, because you know what? There's, like, I mean... I, I'm I'm not asking you this question because I am very good friends with your lady, <laughs> so I will not be asking you this question. But like most people, you, especially when you've been with someone for a long time, thoughts of someone else pop into your head when you're, it, it just happens, you know? So it doesn't mean that you're not enjoying the person you're with. It's just sexuality is a weird thing. That's, you know, it doesn't mean that they suck at what they do. It's just sort of sometimes you entertain other thoughts while you're at it. We well, you know, um, a lot of guys, you know, entertain thoughts to delay orgasm. And I know I've talked about this on the show in the past, but oh. I used to always think of the cast of Seinfeld. And uh, that would, yeah, it would uh, definitely delay any kind of orgasm. I, I wouldn't focus too much on Elaine because even though Elaine's not, you know, very attractive, but she still, you know, is more attractive than like Kramer or Newman. Right. Well, that's why I have the nude oil portrait of D. Arthur in my bedroom. So that guys can just look <laughs> guys at could it just here. focus on that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that would delay me. orgasm forever for me. Forever. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, 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 it's worked both ways, though. I mean, I've had guys who like come in and like, I can't do this here with you with her here. So I say instead of a, a, a litmus test, it's a titmus test, and maybe, <laughs> like, like you take it down with me. But <laughs> it, it it can work in my favor. I'll be like, check out. <laughs> so crusher there you go um you know i think you might be bi curious i think it might i think your boyfriend yeah. would love it and it would definitely heighten your passion maybe you brought a girl in for um right. you know for a night of fun so here's the last the last um is that gay question we got is uh was an email and uh, this came to sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com it's from trent uh, trent writes uh, hey sick and wrong i got a question for you i'm an mma fighter from louisiana I don't know if you've ever seen any MMA matches before, but a lot of it's just two shirtless, sweaty guys grappling yeah. and wrestling each other on the floor. While I was yeah, walking towards the cage at a recent match, a college-age girl with double-D knockers 
flashed us. My opponent was also flashed. Under my cup, I immediately pumped a boner. Then the match began. We fought for about five minutes, during which I got in his guard, which means when you jam yourself between your opponent's legs and then either punch or grab his shoulders, and I beat him using a triangle submission. In a triangle, your balls end up on your opponent's forehead. Seeing as I was doing this with a residual chub from the chick, is that gay? Hmm. No. You don't think so? No. No. It was, it was an erection from a woman. Well, he's but, saying it's from a woman, but he's sitting here shirtless grappling with a guy. I'm, I'm wondering if the erection, you know, if it was just a you know, quick chub that he got from looking at a girl's tits, I think it had just kind of gone away. But the reason it was sustained is because he's rolling around with some other sweaty dude. And obviously he must have been a little happy about it. Yeah, but dudes get boners from playing video games. They just get boners when they're excited. <laughs> this is going to be the worst time to get a boner. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're obviously these MMA guys consider themselves like, you know, hyper straight individuals, like hyper masculine identity. I mean, they're beating each other up. You got to think it's got to be, you probably are thinking in your mind, I can't get a boner, can't get a boner. And then all of a sudden you get a boner. Well, it's the other thing, too. Like, they say you're not supposed to, like, have sex before fights. Maybe the dude was just horny. Maybe he just, you know what I mean? Like, holding it all in, saw some boobs. Yeah, and, it, and, and he was just ready to go, and, you know, when yeah. one thing led to another. I wonder if his opponent was aware that the dude totally was, like, you know, full-fledged, like, boner going on there, boner town during this match. That is very Well, I guess if it's on his balls, I'm like, oh, I personally, I think the whole MMA thing is kind of gay. I don't. I, I mean, it, it's just it's it's very. I remember one time I was looking into doing some kind of martial art, and I went to uh, what's his name Gracie Jiu Jitsu Club that was like up the street, and I was like, yeah, you know, Jiu Jitsu. This sounds interesting. I'll go check this out. And I went in there, and the guy's like, um, "Why don't you hang out, watch the class for a bit, and see if you're interested, still interested after watching for ten minutes?" And then, um, you know, you can sign up for class and so get some more information. So I, I sat there for ten minutes. I watched him. And these dudes are in like a full-on sixty-nine position, wearing like spandex shorts. I mean, this, this guy's this guy's face was—he's basically getting Arabian goggles from this guy's scrotum. And I was like, you know, wait, 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 Arabian goggles. Yeah, it's when like the scrotum just kind of goes over both eye sockets. You know, <laughs> I don't know why they call it that. That's just, that's just what it's known in the industry. Um, okay, for sure. But yeah, there's like full-on sixty-nine. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be that close to another man. I, I just not into it. And, uh, yeah, that was it. But anyway, these dudes, I mean, obviously they're getting paid a lot of money, but I think they're kind of into it. Yeah, it's, you know, if I was rolling around all sweaty with a lady, but, you know, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of gay. It's, it's just a little gay. Well, people, okay. you, you can call your Is That Gay questions in to 206-666-3846. Uh, we got to get out of here. Um, people, if you haven't already, join up for the Sick and Wrong Forum. There's like over 1,500 people on there right now. Just go to sickandwrongforum.com or you can go to sickandwrongpodcast.com and click on Forum. Uh, Lenore, do you know what a juggalo is? I do. Actually, I'm dying to do uh, something with them. I'm dying. To, I want to go to gathering really bad. Well, I just I posted a link on uh, that uh, on the forum to a uh, documentary some guy had made called American Juggalo. In fact, Richard Metzger posted a link to it on Boing Boing. That's where I found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen it. That's like I said, the chick smoking the whole thing. It's, yeah, the pregnant chick at this at this yeah, gathering. It incredible. is it is bizarre, disturbing, unsettling. 
Uh, people, you can go check it out if you join up on the forum. Also, thank you, you for know, some. Uh, pardon me. Oh, you know they're really churchy. You know about all that, right? Yeah, I don't get really it. They're Christian, yeah. and they, they consider it like this whole family, this whole Christ thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's bizarre. Has a whole other level to it, it? Yeah. People, if you haven't already, check out the show on iTunes. Subscribe. Give us a rating. We're almost at 1,000, and uh, we totally appreciate your, uh, appreciate you subscribing to the show. Also, uh, go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, click on store, and get yourself a Sick and Wrong Quado t-shirt. It's, uh, you can just, it's high fashion. High fashion. High Sick and Wrong fashion. Um, finally, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. Uh, this is a song by Wesley Willis. It's um, a song about exploring the animal kingdom. Uh, it's called Suck a Caribou's Ass. And do, are you familiar with Wesley Willis, uh, Lenore? Yeah, actually, I have an incredible Wesley Willis story. Do you want to hear it? It's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, but okay, we should so- probably fill in people. Wesley Willis, I think a lot of younger people now probably have no idea who he is, but he was like a schizophrenic homeless guy from Chicago that would write these like bizarre kind of nonsensical songs about, yeah, like sucking a caribou's ass. How, how did you meet him? Okay, this is a great story. I actually have a photo somewhere I'll have to show you. So it had to be around 1994, and um, he was doing an appearance with the Wesley Wills fiasco at Rhino Records here in L.A., so I'm 14 years old. I had some older friends who were, like, driving, you know, like 16 or whatever. And so we're super stoked. We go, and we go to see Wesley Wills do his in-store. And he plays a couple songs. We feel like Rock and Roll McDonald's. He headbutts me to get a photo. He's not wearing any shoes. You know, we think like, the funniest shit in the world. He's, like, 350 then, pounds, like a big black yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, Just, yeah. totally. And so um, he, I don't know what happened to the band, but... Um, he was like, hey, can I hang out with you kids? And it was one of those things where, like, you know, to us, like, he's sort of like, you know, this, this counterculture celebrities were like, yeah, awesome, we'll take you to Del Taco. So he climbs in the car, and there's, like, a whole bunch of his teenagers and Wesley Wills, and we're, like, going to Del Taco and hanging out, and he's not wearing, he doesn't have any shoes on, kind of smells like pee-pee. What, you know, what, happened to his, what happened to his keeper? Doesn't he have a keeper? Yeah, well, he, he had a whole band, but I don't really know at that point. He just... Um, did we kidnap him? I don't really know. Either way, we have him in the car. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is from 1994, so I don't have, like, the most perfect memory, but either way, he's with a whole bunch of teenagers, and we're driving around, and it's, like, super, super fun. And then we're like, okay, Wesley, where do we take you? Where do we drop you off? And he was like, I don't know. It's like, uh, uh, where do we, where's your hotel? Where, where, what do we do? Uh, yeah, where was he staying? Yeah, well, that's the thing. He didn't remember. And this is like, this is before cell phones. We had pagers in his cell phones. So we're like, oh my God. So we go back to Rhino Records and they close down. And it's like, what, what do you, you know, we don't know what to do. You should have just so, brought him home to your house and be like, Mom and Dad, I have a new pet. That's exactly I found what happened. He didn't, go to my, he didn't go to my house. He went to my friend's PP. Okay, we like literally drew straws. We're like, what the fuck do we do with this guy? And so I was like being the girl in the group. I got away. I was like, oh, no, I can't. So my friend Peter actually had to sneak him into the house. I, I'm imagining, I wasn't there, but I'm imagining it like E.T. Like he's like in with like the doll with a little face hiding out or something. I don't really know. But my friend had to hide him and I called Alternative Tentacles, the record label, and they were in Chicago, so they didn't answer until the next day. And then I was able to get some information for where to take him. So my friend had him and like, we still laugh about it. Well, wow, like spending a night with Wesley Wills. Could you imagine being the parent? Because this kid's probably, what, 15? And, you know, yeah, you're... Came the time. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you wake up the next morning and you, you know, go see if your son's up, wants to go, you know, play a game of baseball or something, and you open up the door and there he is, you know, with some, like, 300-pound black guy sleeping in his bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I remember that he got like away with the Like schizophrenic homeless guy? Yeah, oh, yeah, they, yeah. His parents never saw it? 
you know, Sarah, he got, he got away with it. But, like, I just, I just love that. Like, we're just asshole kids. We're like, uh, you got Wesley, see you tomorrow. Like, like just, you deal with it. I want to go home now. Well, it's kind of funny because it's like, you know, it's funny. You're like, oh, we're going to get this great story. But the novelty just wears off when the reality sets in. Like, okay, we're stuck with a schizophrenic homeless guy. I mean, I know he's, totally. <laughs> he's great, but, okay, it's, the joke's done. Yeah, it's the first many times I've learned, like, celebrity, in quotes, not always as cool as you think it is <laughs> at all. Imagine people have a similar story about hanging out with Ron Jeremy. Um, oh, I'm sure. So we're going to end the show here with Suck a Caribou's Ass by Wesley Willis, the daddy of rock and roll. Um, thank you, Lenora, for uh, guest, yeah. guest hosting for Is That Gay? And um, uh, do, do you have a website I can promote or something where people can? I do. It's uh, LenoraClaire.com. So LenoraClaire.com. I'll even I'll put a link up to it on the website. And uh, thank you, uh, Malcolm J. Brenner, for talking to us about uh, your memoir, The Wet Goddess. It's a good read. Uh, people will be back next week with uh, episode 298. So until then, take it sleazy. Suck a male camel's dick. Suck a hyena's ass. Suck a government's cock. Suck a snow leopard's ass. Suck a rhino's dick. Suck a caribou's ass. Suck a caribou's ass. Suck a caribou's ass. Suck a caribou's ass. Suck a hippo's cock. Suck a honey badger's ass. Suck a llama's balls. Suck a Labrador retriever's dick. Suck a caribou's ass Suck a caribou's ass Suck a caribou's ass Suck a caribou's Hopefully her boss doesn't Oh, her boss saw her 
now she's giving her a spanking. But she says it's punishment. But we all know they just really, really want to do it. So, oh, no, just hopefully their supervisor doesn't. I, I knew it. It's so predictable. Stop giving my porn a theme. I don't want it. I'm just going to blow my loads in five seconds. Lesbian horn. Bye, Cisco. Goodbye. <laughs>